Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. As it glows. I don't know if you guys can see it because of the light, uh, but my family said, no, not, not, not. They didn't want me to wear it. Uh, and I said, well, I'll leave it up to you guys. So I leave it on, let it blink, or just turn it off because they can't see the, the, the glowing on camera anyway. So what do you guys say, on or off? Uh, so you can't see it anyway because the lights are leaving it on. is, is okay. All right, I just won't make it blink. All right, good. Uh, and my wife is frowning at me right now in the back. But I wanted to, uh, as we get started this morning, I wanted to show you this poll, um, which I will share also later on this afternoon, because I thought this was appropriate. Does anyone hear a buzzing or ringing? It's my tie? It could be the tie. Actually, let me turn. Nope. What was it? Is it my wife making the tie ring, so I have to turn it off? Okay, while they're working on that, it went away for a moment there. While we're working on that, uh, I wanted to share this poll with you because uh, I thought this was amazing to me. Um, I asked uh, in this, this polling app that I use, uh, is the biblical account of Jesus Christ from the dead, was that meant to be the recording of an actual historical event, or was it meant to be like an allegory, not to be taken literally? Uh, because some people say that, yes, it's an actual, you know, event. Jesus literally rose from the dead, which I agree with. Uh, but there are some people that say it's just an allegory. It's just a tale to show, you know, the difference between what God could and would do for humanity or just to show God's love, but there never was an actual death, a burial, and a resurrection. And, and as you can see... Um, uh, and I checked, I think, yesterday afternoon, and it said 145, not a lot. I mean, that's not a lot of people across the nation. I think it was only up to 160-something, and it only jumped up to, like, instead of 66% and 34, it jumped up to, like, 68 or 69%, which is great that an overwhelming, not overwhelming, but a majority of the people say, yeah, it's a, this is a historical event. And I looked at some of the comments. Um, I don't know if it shows on here. There were, like, 40 or 50 different comments, and I, I wanted to share some of them with you because they were pretty amazing. Uh, one person said this. He said, uh, well, he was crucified to death, put in a tomb for three days, then hung out like nothing had happened for the next 40 days. No one thought of re-crucifying him, meaning, you know, Jesus was walking around. Other people saw him. They weren't like, oh, my gosh, we need to re-kill this guy who we killed. Uh, so, and he says, with the earthquake, the lost time, the Roman guard anarchy, uh, that are historically recorded, those events historically recorded, and I underline this, it was an act of God that humans can't comprehend. It's historical, but not explainable by humans to humans, which I thought was, that. that's exactly right. It was an act of God. I can't understand how God did it. It's never been recreated. Uh, so it was historical, but it's kind of unexplainable. I didn't highlight the next thing, but that comment was awesome. It's everything. The resurrection, it's everything. Uh, another person put this. Um, the first person said it was meant to be historical, uh, but I think a lot of religious leaders have wisely 
try to market it as allegorical to today's population because a lot of today's population don't want to believe it's true. Uh, and the next person said, religious leaders, what religious leaders? It's the basis of the Christian faith. And I would argue that if these leaders don't believe in a resurrection, then they don't meet the criteria of Christian. And that's kind of true because if you call yourself a Christian, but you're saying the resurrection isn't true, then your sins weren't really forgiven and you aren't in Christ. You, that I mean, one negates the other. You can't be a Christian without the resurrection. And this last one, I thought it was awesome because he said, yeah, that totally happened. It just makes so much sense. If it happened today, I would be like, whoa. Like if we were, you know, oh, my gosh, they just erected, arrested this guy, you know, named Jesus who's claiming to be the son of God and all this stuff. And then we, you know, were news reported. Okay, it's, you know, whatever time a.m. They've just lethally injected him. Doctors have confirmed he's dead. His family came. They took him. They put him in the grave. And then three days later, he's walking around, you know, making Facebook videos, you know, talking to those who were, you know, following him. We'd be like, whoa, uh, that's, like, amazing. And it what? Well, yeah. In, in this case, they would probably try to re-kill him again. Uh, but here's the thing. After the resurrection happened, right, uh, all of the disciples just went home. They, they just went back to their normal lives. Uh, John captures this uh, in his gospel. Uh, he writes that uh, then this is after Mary went to the tomb first thing in the morning. She went back, told the disciples, hey, you know, the body is gone. Jesus is gone. Uh, and then Simon, Peter, and John, they literally raced to the tomb. Simon, Peter came following him, him being John, and went into the tomb, saw the linen cloth lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in the place by itself. So John is there, Simon, Peter gets there, and he runs in, he looks, and he sees all that, and then, then the other disciple, this is John, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. And he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So they looked and they saw, you know, the empty tomb. Now, it says that John believed. John is writing this after the fact. And John is probably at the, in my mind, John's the one that when he hears that the body's gone, he's like, well, he said he had to rise from the dead. Could this be true? And he's hopeful. And he gets there. And it says he saw the empty tomb, and he believed. Now, he didn't know. He adds a parenthetical statement. He says they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. So although he believed it, he didn't know what to do with it. So this is a powerful verse in my head. Then the disciples went back to their homes. They just went home. They said, okay, he rose from the dead. Got to get to work. Got to get back to, you know, making breakfast. Got to go let the puppy out. All of these things because as far as they knew, there was nothing else that they could do. Now, they went back to their homes because they, they didn't know what to do and they weren't sure that he was resurrected. But then the Bible tells us that Jesus appeared to them. And over a period of 40 days, he hung out with them. He had breakfast with them like we're going to have in a minute. He taught Their breakfast was fish, which is a little harsh first thing in the morning. It's not like pizza, but 
had breakfast with them, talked with them, hung out with them, spent time with them, gave instructions to them. And then once they knew he was resurrected, they didn't go back to their lives. Their lives were changed, and they went out and did remarkable things. As a matter of fact, and, and many of you guys know this, uh, all of the uh, apostles ended up dying for their faith. The same apostles who before said, oh, well, you know, Jesus died. We don't know what to do now. And they went back to their jobs. After they had experienced the resurrected Jesus, they went and died for their faith. And um, I know many of you guys have seen this. All of them, Matthew, James, Jude, uh, Matthias, Philip, Peter, all of them went out and they were crucified, uh, whipped, buried, uh, tortured, um, all of these horrific deaths. The only one who died of natural causes and it wasn't actually natural, it was John. And Peter, uh, just because we read about Peter and John going uh, to the tomb, they went back home before, but then after he appeared to them, Peter, the same Peter, who over and over denied Jesus when he was arrested and said, I want nothing to do with you, after he experienced the resurrected Jesus, when they were crucifying him. They said, we're going to crucify you just like we did Jesus. And he said, I don't deserve to be crucified the same way that Jesus was. I'm not worthy to die in the manner that he did. And so he requested to be crucified upside down just because he didn't think he was worthy to die in the manner that Jesus did because he had experienced the resurrected Jesus. And John, uh, John, uh, died, and, and this, some theologians kind of debate, says he died in exile on the island of Patmos. Uh, some theologians think he didn't die there, that he went back uh, somewhere probably to Ephesus and died in Ephesus, uh, but it was either here or in Ephesus where he wrote the Gospel of John, but this was after he had been whipped, skin flayed off of him, tortured, Stone supposedly to death, but he didn't die. That means rocks thrown at you until you died. And then boiled in oil. And he survived all that. And I said, well, we can't kill you. We're just going to get rid of you. So they exiled him. And Patmos, it wasn't like he was sent to the Caribbean. It was a prison island. And he was in his 80s to probably 90s, sent there to work, not to die, but to work in a prison camp. And when he didn't die there, Okay, so that he left and went to Ephesus, and then he, he wrote this. He writes in his Gospels. Now, he starts his Gospel with this. This is after he's experienced the resurrected Jesus. That in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing made had being. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. So you know, at one point, he's just hopeful, but then he just goes back to work. But after experience the resurrected Jesus, he realizes, hey, this isn't just some man. This is God in the flesh. And he ends his gospel, and we've talked about this before uh, extensively. He ends his gospel in chapter 20, verse 31. He says, but these are written, everything that he written, all the miracles, uh, all the talk about the people who believed in Jesus, he says, these are written, they're recorded, in order that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the son of God, and that through believing and cleaving to and trusting and relying upon him, 
you may have life through in him, his name, through who he is. So before experiencing the resurrected Jesus, there's hope. Uh, they're like, I hope this is, this is you know, this is true. I, I hope we can put our faith and trust in all that God has called us to do. But once they experienced the resurrected Jesus, they all went out and said, I am willing to die to share this truth with other people. Because my life has been changed. I've experienced, as John said, the light of men, God in the flesh. And I want other people to experience that. I want other people to know that God exists, and I'm willing to put my life on the line to go and to tell people that Jesus is alive. So I'm going to ask you to uh, first stand and then bow your heads, and, and we're going to pray, sing some songs, and then we're going to have breakfast. God, we pray that no matter how we came into this room this morning, we pray that even in these few minutes that we've taken to just look at your word, that we would walk out of here the same way the disciples did, with the knowledge and the revelation that Jesus is alive, that he is the son of the ever-living God, that he gave his life for us, that he, in doing so, allowed our sins to be forgiven, for us to be in a relationship with God, for us to spend an eternity with God, and that he did that so that we might know the power of your forgiveness, love, grace, and mercy. And the only way that we know that is because of the resurrection. And the only way that others will know that is if we tell them that Jesus is alive. So God, we pray that this morning, this day, and that all this week, and everywhere we go, that we may not have to put our lives on the line, but we would be willing to share with those in our circles of influence that Jesus is alive, that he loves us eternally, and that anyone who chooses can be a recipient of his love by just, by just accepting the forgiveness that he offers to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name.